You have to advocate, you have to research. Those are the big things that you have to do when you have a high school student because they're scared to ask questions. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Podcast, the show about financial education opportunities all around us and practical financial tips right in front of us. I'm Todd Christensen, and on today's show, Advocate, 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 a family and consumer science professional shares the keys for how you can push for more financial education and home economics in your local schools. I'm joined by Barbara Scully today, so please don't touch that pause button. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences classroom, sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun, sustainable, and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics from community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more. She is herself a passionate and resourceful family and consumer science educator, hailing from the great state of Washington with a background consisting of retail, business, IT, and early childhood education. I'm looking forward to our time together today. Barbara Scully, welcome to the Money Fit Show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, I appreciated a, a, a friend and, and other uh, previous uh, guest on the show here recommending that I reach out to you, and I appreciate your willingness to, to join us to talk about financial education, uh, classroom, and elsewhere. So uh, you, you certainly have some ex- experience in that. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. Experience, both personal yeah. and professional. Don't we all kind of go through that personal stuff? Now, yes, we do. Barbara, you know, uh, I, I'm I kind of give you a heads up. I'm going to give you an opening question, as I I do uh, most of my guests. This one is about a favorite movie quote, perhaps having to do with financial education. And I know you you shared one with me earlier about my big fat Greek wedding, which I absolutely love. But what, what would you say is your, is your, as a favorite quote for you? Yeah, it, it always, my mind always goes back to my big fat Greek wedding, um, the movie and saying, you know, the man may be the head of the household, but the woman is the neck and the neck can turn whichever way the head. Any, any way I, she wants, I right? I guess. Love it. Yeah, well, when it comes to financial education, um, you know, it's all about personal choices and mm-hmm. making. So, you know, you could you can even you know break the quote up going what the head wants versus mm-hmm. what you actually need. It's right. those wants and needs and coming back to that, those decisions. And then throw in there the importance of talking about finances with uh, between couples. And yeah, there's a lot in there. There is. That works. Well, okay. So let's go ahead and, and let me let me uh, start off our, our discussion today about the state of family and consumer science, kind of current, past, and future. You probably get this question that I get all the time. Why isn't personal finance taught in school? How do how do you tend to respond to that? Um, you know, I, I have an actual physical response myself sometimes. Um, internal, but how do you respond to those kind of questions? 
Yeah, well, I always, you know, say, you know, actually we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, consumer science is education. And I, well, I need to preface, you know, the S uh, for pluralizing sciences, because we teach more than one science. So it always comes down to going, well, you know, uh, friends and family who are asking these questions going, we do teach financial education, but, you know, in certain districts um, all across the nation and world, it all depends on our frameworks, which as, as a teacher, we have frameworks, which is the guidelines of what we are teaching and supposed to be going through. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our courses, when we have, uh, like in my district currently, it's actually a graduation requirement uh, that all 11th or 12th graders must take um, in order to, you know, graduate. Hmm. Uh, but then there's other districts who, you know, that is not a high priority, but they still offer those classes. And when you offer those kinds of classes, it becomes an elective. Um, and you have to choose that class. So it's really important to be going through your student handbook or guidebook as you're going through your high school education and looking at all of the course offerings that students can take. You know, kind of a, a T-shirt that I'm going to be printing up uh, later on uh, this summer is mm-hmm. that uh, I'm going to say, you know, we're the, the chosen ones as in you know, <laughs> Harry Potter. electives. Okay. Oh, got it. Got it. All right. Sorry. I was letting my Harry Potter uh, goofiness come out. <laughs> the, the chosen ones. I like that. So you said it's in your high school district that it's required? Yes. Yes, my my personal high school district that I work at, uh, that is a graduation requirement. And it's actually another, it's a graduation requirement for my children's school district. So I, of course, I'm from uh, Washington State, but I live in, it's called the Tri-Cities community. So mm-hmm. there's Kennewick and Richland, and I work for the Pasco School District, which graduation requirement, but Richland School District also has that as a graduation requirement, but it's a call, it's under a different name, it's called Career Choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, who is going to be a senior this coming year, she took that semester-long Career Choices class uh, class this past year. And she's, she's what, what grade is she? She she just finished her junior year, her eleventh. Okay. Is it is it pretty typical that they take it their sophomore or junior year, or is they do some wait until their senior year? Um. Well, it it goes both ways. Either your junior year, depending if you have the availability, and or your senior year. Uh, personally, I think um, in your your early high school career, you know, ninth and tenth grade, students are too young. It's mm-hmm. always it's Important to be having these open discussions with them about financial education um, and personal choices, but their heads are not there. Um, there's a, a class that I've taught at, at my previous district, and it was called Life on Your Own. And that was a smattering of, you know, ninth through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. But I loved it because we were able to dive into so many different areas of 
financial education, but also those decision makes making um, and problem solving skills, mm-hmm. you know, those critical thinking. Um, but we're able to talk on a lot of different um, levels for all students to be able to fully understand. And then my, my 11th and 12th graders, they also had to take another like financial algebra or something along those lines to finish uh, their their high school graduation requirements. Right. So in, in this career choices class, what type of uh, personal finance topics uh, are taught? Yeah. Um, so, well, I could, I could tell you from my district. So my course, um, so this past year, I did not teach financial literacy, but the previous year I taught it, and it's actually coming up into this new school year, uh, 21-22, I will be teaching a couple, of cor- a couple of sections of financial literacy. And you know, we talk about, um, in my class, it's a trimester, and mm-hmm. also duly accredited with our um, local community college. So students who earn 80% or above, they can get dual credit where they're getting a college credit for uh, taking the class in the high school. Hmm. The like subjects and topics that we are teaching are banking and credit, mm-hmm. insurance, um, savings. Um, oh, how about uh, job skills? Um you know, being able to write a resume, um, being able to fill out an application, uh, going over our taxes. That's Mm. a huge unit that we do. Mm -hmm. So those are just the topics right right off the top of my head. Yeah. So the basic kind of day-to-day independent living type of of topics that that, uh, Mm -hmm. they're going to need when they get out on their own. Exactly. How do you know how this started in your district because that's that's the exception i you you are i'm sure aware that that you are the exception most districts in most states by far most states nope there's only i think five or so states that actually have a mandate for a personal finance class how did that start in on a district level any idea um well it has everything to do with you know your cte director and um making sure that you are in alignment with your school board so families who are listening to this podcast right now if your district does not offer a financial literacy course uh, at your high school um when it comes to for your students you need to go talk to the school board it's Mm -hmm. the that debt dictates what teachers are teaching. You know, mm-hmm. families can be get all in uproar with your superintendent and the district, but in actuality, it's the school board that is running the show. I've heard a lot of discussions over the years that I've been teaching personal finance about you know, let's get the state to to mandate this, get get the state to do this, that, that. but it sounds like it's a lot more personal. Uh, work it's yeah it's, um work. you know jurisdiction local yeah. local jurisdiction okay and that's that's a lot more that makes a lot more sense for um you know those of us in the west that really or, or south that focus on on um local local control 
-hmm. which is not, that's not to say that that's not the case elsewhere in the, in the, in the States either. But so that, how long, do you know how long that's been the case that you guys have had this uh, requirement? I'm thinking it's probably, so I've been at my district, I'm going on year four, and I want to say probably around uh, six or seven years ago, it went into, you know, circulation that that was going to be a high school graduation requirement. So yes, I know we are exceptional, but here in Washington state, it's becoming, um, it will become an actual mandate um, to have financial literacy as a graduation requirement. Uh, when that is going to actually go through, I do not know, but I've just been hearing a whole lot of talk that it's coming. Right. This this is very real to me. I've got two high school boys at the moment. And uh, I know, I mean, this is a challenge. that They have a limited number of electives they can choose from, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it gets more as they get older, but it, it's hard for parents and myself included, because even though I teach this, I want them to be able to pursue their own passions, but I also know that there are some very critical life skills that they can learn in some of the family consumer science classes. Do you have any advice for teachers that are trying to decide what to recommend uh, and why FCS should be a consideration? Yeah, well, again, it, it all falls down to family consumer sciences or the acronym is FCS, as you were saying. Um, it's important to be able to look at all of the course offerings. A little, just a little side story. Um, my my oldest daughter, Aubrey, she was a, when we moved to our community now here in Richland um, for her ninth grade year, we had her course, uh, her course handbook. And so we're going through and, you know, being able to select which classes and everything that she was going to take. Um, then we go see her high school counselor and mm -hmm. pl they plug her in. She took it's a class um, by, oh, it's a CTE course, and CTE stands for Career and Technical Education. So, and here in Washington, uh, students have to be able to take CTE courses and then your uh, general education courses. So she gets plugged into this animal science uh, course, which she absolutely loves because she sees herself becoming a veterinarian. Um, mm -hmm said it since she was a little girl to, and now she's a, a, going to be a senior and she's still on track with that. Mm. But she, they plugged her in to animal science her freshman year. Her sophomore year, they plugged her into biology. Well, it's like a couple of weeks into her sophomore year and she's in this biology course. And I'm like, hey, why are you taking biology? You've already taken animal science and that fulfills that requirement mm. within that sciences group. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you need to learn to advocate for yourself. And that's always been a huge, huge thing for me. Like, if you don't know something, you need to start, you need to become brave enough to ask questions because you don't know what you don't know. Right. So she didn't. And it's like, and now, you know, we're further along in the semester and it's like, well, all right, well, there's going to be a consequence later on. Do we know what that's going to be? No, we don't. 
So fast forward the end of her sophomore year, she's been invited to go to our, um, it's called TriTech, and that is the uh, skills, uh, skills Center, and um, where all of the high schools can converge uh, for trades or certain skills. And they have a pre-veterinarian program there. So mm-hmm. go to this open house. And as we're in there, you know, we're talking to the pre-veterinarian uh, teacher. And she's like, so you have to take chemistry is the class that you have to take in order to um, gain act- entry into uh, the animal or the pre-veterinarian program. And I'm like, well, she could have mm-hmm. if advocated for herself earlier on as a sophomore, she could have taken two years of that pre-veterinarian program. Mm. Um, she would get college credit and um, it, it it would just look really, really nice on her resume if she had transferred over to chemistry. But the fact that she didn't, she's only taking one year of the pre-veterinarian program, um, which she she will be taking uh, as a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an all-year course. But the fact is, you have to advocate. You have to research. Those are, like, the big things that you have to do when you have a high school student because they don't know. They're scared. <laughs> They're scared to ask questions because they've always been told, like, okay, there's no such thing as a dumb question, but, man, you should see the eyeballs roll when a student does ask, ask a question. You know, at, it could just be as simple as asking to hear the directions over again. You know, their peers are just like, oh, yep. really? Why couldn't you have heard it the first time? Some things never change. Yep, exactly. So advocate, 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 and you know, for your own kids, get in their business. They're going to hate it, but later on, <laughs> they will they will be so appreciative because you could have just you could have saved them a little bit of a headache. Yeah, because I I know they're getting to the point where they're just coming to, they're just coming to us at uh, bef- at the end of the school year, and here's what I here's what I'm going to take next. Here's what I'm going to take next year. Oh no, hold on, mm-hmm. slow down, slow down. Let's let's see what you're taking. What does this have to do with that? What does that have? Yeah, so that's uh, to be and in, stay involved and make sure that they are understanding what they're taking, not just because hey, it sounded cool because my best friend was taking it. And, yeah. To make sure it's going to benefit them, because yeah. everybody is an individual, and we all have different passions. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with experimenting and exploring. But when you have a student who has, you know, for, for my for my sake, my own daughter, she said from the time she was little, she wanted to be a veterinarian. She has job shadowed her her auntie who it works in a veterinarian clinic and uh, manages it. Mm-hmm. She is job shadowed. She's done so much when it comes to animal science and being a wanting to go down that career path. And it's like, oh, we need to, I'm trying to keep you within this field. Mm-hmm. We can explore other ideas that you're interested in, but this is something that you've always wanted to do. And I want to make sure that you are staying on that, that path. Mm-hmm. Let, let me, uh, as we uh, wrap things up here, I said this is going to be a kind of the state of family super science, current, past, and future. We've talked mm-hmm. about current state and f- uh, even the future state. 
for our, for our listeners, can you give them a 30, 60 second overview of where family consumer sciences came from? Yeah, absolutely. So family consumer sciences is actually, it's, it's your mom and dad's home economics class. Mm -hmm. so you could say, oh, and this is something that we always hear. Oh, there's no, uh, they don't teach those classes anymore. Home economics has gone away. It's like, no, actually, I'm sorry, but in 1996, we did a name change. Mm -hmm. It went away. It's just that our disciplines were so cross over that it wasn't just about devoting to, you know, home and family, but it crosses over into business and marketing. It crosses over uh, for financials. It crosses over into so many different areas of study, uh, child education. Um, there's, there's a lot. So your home economics class, it never went away. Mm -hmm. It changed. It adapted to meet the needs of today's society and our future students. Yeah, and I like I like you you say it's not uh, just for home because a lot of people might might think oh home ec that's where I sewed. I mean I remember putting uh, sewing a pillow and stuffing it, and my wife has one from about the same era. But I've talked to FCS teachers who are teaching textiles, and they're not just staying in the classroom. They're also talking about uh, how do you just design this, and and where do you source it from, and how do you turn it into an actual business, and uh, and so it's it's far beyond just uh, doing something inside the classroom, which I think is exciting. Yes, exactly. And, you know, when it comes to even textiles, we're not just teaching students how to sew on a button and and or um, which I still do to this day, by the way, I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> good, good. Well, but we're also talking about sustainability and yeah. looking at how apparel is probably one of the leading um, contributions of waste. So hmm. we look into that and we explore those things and, and we do a sustainability project and where we are, you know, look, we go to Goodwill and we do recreate a project out of, you know, secondhand stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's so many crossed, uh, you know, different disciplines in every single aspect of family consumer sciences that is yes it's beneficial for the home and for the family but it's also a skill for you know the, an individual life that's exciting barbara thank you for for the um sharing this information with us today can you leave us with one bit of practical uh advice or or a recommendation for listeners about uh, family consumer sciences classrooms or topics yeah so well of course i'll do my my shameless plug you <laughs> can always uh, find connect fcs ed podcast on all streaming uh, on all of your favorite streams but um i'm always talking with uh, amazing resources and other professionals within the FCS community. Um, but another resource is our um, national uh, partner, which is AAFCS, and that is America Association of Family Consumer Sciences. And those are our profession, that's our professional organization, as well as lead FCS ed. And that's where anybody can get the frameworks um, and standards of all of the content 
that we teach, they hold all of our sta our national standards for all teachers within family consumer sciences education. Can you say that's lead you're interested FCS? as a parent or a community member who is like, oh, I want to know more about how to, or I want to know more about what these disciplines are that I'm talking about. Go to leadfcsed.org and look up standards and you are going to see, oh, 12, 16, somewhere in there, various disciplines mm -hmm. and all our national standards. So that way you can see like, oh, they do cover these things. How how can they how can they find your web your uh, podcast? Uh, what's your what's your do you have a URL yeah. for that? Besides finding yeah, it on the platform, uh, just yeah, it's just connect. So C O N N E C T F C S Ed E D dot com, and oh. yeah, be able to look up my website. Great. My website. I'm pretty excited. I'm going to be doing a. I'm going to be reformatting it here this summer and. So it's going to have a new look and feel come the fall. So starting off the new school year. Ah, exciting. Exciting. Well, Barbara, thank you for joining me today on uh, the Money Fit Show. I appreciate your time and, and the information you've shared with our guests. Absolutely. No, thank you so much for taking the time to reach out to me and um, ask these questions because you know, just like I said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. And family consumer science is worth we're not going anywhere. Hmm. Maybe some courses are getting shut down, but as a parent and or community member, you have to you have to do some action and you have to go to your school board and talk to them and say, "Hey, we need these courses. We need these classes for our students to be successful in their life." It's not about high school and uh, or their educational career. It's about their life. Because we Great. want our students to be uh, financially independent and good stewards of their of their life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. To our listeners, let me uh, thank you for joining us today. You can check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well. Mm -hmm.